Welcome to Where RA Now, a podcast dedicated to catching up with former RAs and hearing where their journey of life has taken them since their glory days at New York University. My name is Katia June, and I'm tonight's co-host, a second-year grad- graduate student from Miami, Florida, studying public relations and corporate communications, and an RA in, drum roll please, Stuyvesant Oval. And I'm Tom Ellett, your other co-host and serve as the Senior Associate VP of Student Affairs. Katia, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's good to have you. And tell me a little bit about being a graduate RA in Stuyvesant. So I love being an RA. It's one of the most rewarding jobs I've ever had. Just knowing that I'm helping graduate students during their NYU journey really gives me purpose. And, you know, graduate students, they don't really ask for much, but when they do, it's nice to see that that breath of relief that they got their answer, that they're relaxed and they're moving forward. And I'm happy to be a part of their journey here. Excellent. And you came from Tallahassee, very different than New York City. Completely different. We're talking about lots of trees, slow pace, and now we're in a city, very fast paced, people everywhere, lots of opportunities. And football. Huge football teams at um, in Florida State. At Florida State, shout out to the team now. Um, they're not doing so well, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Tell me what you're doing to prepare for that next step in your career. Well, I'm doing a lot. I'm taking advantage of all the opportunities in New York City. There are a lot of corporations here that I'm interested in, maybe like BuzzFeed or uh, the Emmys. Recently, I volunteered with the International Emmys and I was doing a lot of social media with them. And so that prepares me for my future because I want to go into content creation and um, integrated marketing for brands. Well, it sounds like tonight's guest may be able to talk a little bit about that. Who do we have? Vanessa Herman, who has served as an RA for Hayden Hall, for John Kozalskis, and Michael Kirk for the 2003-2005 academic years. Welcome, Vanessa, and thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks so much for having me. How are you? Where are you now? I'm in San Francisco. I am recovering from a work trip that I was, I was actually just in New York this last week for a generator summit that I helped my company produce, but I'm, I'm happy to reconnect you guys and the NYU community. Vanessa, it's great to hear your voice. It's been a long time. I'm really excited that you're doing this, this project, Tom, because, you know, the only reason, you know, we, we, you know, I was in the same building as you, um, as your office. And That's so right. it's just, it's really nice to kind of connect with you more one-to-one. I know we were always so busy, you know, even as, as an RN student and even in your role. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like, oh, it's Tom and like, we're going to have a meeting and, and we're going to keep going. And now it's just kind of like a nice uh, a reconnection. Absolutely. Vanessa, maybe you can briefly tell us about what you've done since you've graduated from NYU. I work in product marketing. I'm currently leading product marketing efforts for a startup in Palo Alto. It's called Issue. It's I-S-S-U-U. We have offices in Copenhagen and Berlin, and I'm, I'm currently based in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so um, in startup, you definitely wear a lot of hats. So I'm responsible for a lot of the content strategies and campaigns um, because we are a content platform that allows publishers to, you know, put your, you know, magazine catalog, especially with education, any um, uh, sort of research papers and, and offer a number of features from our, our new product stories to, you know, doing, uh, you know, uh, distributing to uh, social channels to embedding video. And so before that, I was working for myself, I produced a series of e-commerce workshops 
with a partner um, known as General Assembly. They're a technical school. They're also in New York. And I also did some partnerships with WeWork, um, as well as some campaigns with Lean In. So I've helped, you know, about over 400 people um, get jobs in e-commerce and um, produce their own businesses. Before that, I spent two years on contract at Google Express. I helped launch the merchandising marketing team uh, as we were um, exploring and and expanding into the East Coast regions for same-day delivery. We worked with partners like Target, Kohl's, Costco, Wayfair, and more, as well as like uh, co-marketing campaigns such as with working with Boo the Dog, doing uh, co-marketing campaigns with uh, PetSmart, Cliff Bar. Uh, and then before that, I, I came to the Bay Area and I got a job in operations and planning at Restoration Hardware. And everybody loves their brand. Um, but it was a huge pivot for me because I had spent over seven years in content and media working for ABC, CBS. And, and that's a far cry from where I started, you know, as an RA. As an RA, I was working for Spirit Airlines and interning for Saturday Night Live. So you could see I've I've had to really roll with the punches here and take the opportunities as they've come. And a part of that twist is is me moving to the Bay Area and kind of taking all the opportunities that that, that there is to offer for me here. Let's jump back to your time at Washington Square. What did you study while at NYU? Um, so I was an individualized major. <laughs> I was what I, I, you know, when you talk to employers, you really have to focus and be like, I did English, I did cultural studies. <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, you, you can't tell them like, oh, I studied identity and duality. You know, and I studied, <laughs> I studied feminism and Duchamp and you know, theater and fiction and all this other stuff. Like, you, you know, even though it's a really cool opportunity, like. I think the big thing about Gallatin that I loved about it is that actually the conference room style is actually very similar to what we do in tech. You know, you do sit in conference rooms with a bunch of people and you co-collaborate on ideas and you don't have to agree, but you do have to make your case for it. Vanessa, what were you involved in extracurricularly during your time here? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that I, because, you know, the, just the fact of the matter, it, 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 it takes something financially to get through NYU, you know, and so I was always about jobs, you know, like whether I was an RA, you know, I had internships or I was working the front desk or I, you know, took an odd job, you know, just to bring money in um, because I, I've always been somebody who has to be financially stable. In terms of extracurricular, I, I I may have taken advantage of some of the volunteer opportunities as an RA or the Gallatin Arts Festival, but I was I was a busy student and a busy young woman, so I really had to balance my my um, my obligations um, that I had in terms of those jobs. So it's really hard for me to do a lot more outside of that. How do you think being an RA impacts your the work that you do today? I mean, I got to be really honest, like I was able to do marketing as an RA and I was able to work within the confines of the policies because at the time I worked for Spirit Airlines. And so I was able to do a sponsorship for the Skirball Center for the talent show um, that I don't know if you you guys still do that, but um, Spirit Airlines did a sponsorship for that in um, 2005. And we did a giveaway of two tickets. So right there, initially, um, me putting together that sponsorship and doing um, these trade, these advertising trade-offs with Washington Square News, 
um, right there, I mean, that was, you know, that was an opportunity to grow professionally. And I think coming out of that, I mean, it's been about relationships and it will always be about relationships. You know, a lot of the people that I was an RA with or that I was an RA for, um, you know, I still, you know, they're, they all climb up the ladder. They all have different paths and then you reconnect with them later down the road. And that's really, um, that's really an important opportunity because, um, being an RA offers, you know, you not only provide community, you get community and then you take that community once you leave. Absolutely. And I will tell you that ultraviolet live continues last year. They named the grand prize winner after me. I'm very <laughs> oh, honored. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's, it's a great honor. I brought the program to NYU, so it, it's been a real pleasure to see the growth go. Actually, I got to perform at the Ultra Live Graduate Edition at the Grad Lounge um, ah. recently, and so I got to sing and do some poetry, so I was really excited about that. Look at that. Yeah. It remains. So, uh, Vanessa, you already touched a little bit about the staff and being you know, a team member. Can you just go a little bit into the relationships that you formed while being an RA and what it was like to be on the Hayden team? I was a funny person, you know, who was just really honest about things and, and sort of the, um, the, the, the comic relief during stressful times. So like, for instance, like John, I've seen uh, John who I used to report to, you know, I've seen John even when I worked for CBS in LA because he became a television writer, you know, so I, you know, I've reunited with him, uh, John Carrion, uh, who uh, he was living in London. I was curious about living internationally. You know, I sought him out. I think he's also working for NYU right now. He is? Um, yeah. Um, Carol, uh, Carol Rosario, Carol Rosario. Um, actually, I ended up dating somebody who she had worked with. Um, you know, we reunited that way. Um, but, you know, it is, it is really hard when you're not in New York anymore. Like, it's really hard to, you know, kind of reconnect sometimes, but you still do it. It's just, you know, there's so much ability with, you know, Facebook and, um, you know, even LinkedIn to be able to find people again. Um, and I think that was some, a, a sort of game changer to be able to keep in touch. So back in your days in Hayden, what were your biggest issues? What were the biggest issues happening on campus? And how did you deal with that as an RA? I'm part of the last class that witnessed 9-11, you know, so I was a part of that freshman class. I witnessed and saw 9-11 occur before my very eyes. You know, and so I think, you know, I went through very like, you know, a, a time where, you know, you really had to sort of step up and and really define like what what is this community going to look like and how do we create stability and a place where people feel safe and where people feel connected. And I felt like um, I was very vocal in kind of like what I felt safe doing and what I did not feel safe doing. Um, and I was very, um, I was very communicative on when I felt like I needed to reach out for help because, and I think that's just like any other professional lesson you'll ever have is like, don't ever say or feel like you need to take things on all by yourself. You need to know when you need to ask for help and, and call in the, the resources. And, and I know that even then I, I would do that. And I don't think that lesson ever goes away, like regardless of how old or what position you take. Like if you don't know enough about the situation or you need help, you need to ask for it. And so I think that was a way of doing that. But I mean, other than that, like, I think I provided a really good 
community for my floor. I was on the second floor and, um, you know, we did like pancake breakfasts and, you know, I always started, the year always starts off very strong with freshmen. Um, and then they kind of get into independence mode and you have to like let them go, but still be like a resource. So I think those were kind of the issues at the time. Um, but certainly, um, you know, we had a lot of opportunity for fun. I used to produce the, the talent show and I used to do the Thanksgiving um, for Hayden. Like that was sort of my go to uh, uh, action item. Um, so I feel like, you know, we had a really great community at Hayden and um, a lot of opportunity and, and, and we're able to kind of create support for people who are coming, um, you know, who are incoming freshmen. Now, so you, you earlier talked about being an independent contractor, and earlier you had worked for a company. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the differences working for yourself compared to working for a company and what that's like? I come from a family that, you know, my father's self-employed. You know, that's, you know, he earns his living through real estate, and that's been just sort of the way that I've grown up. And, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily like to fall under the, the, the name independent contractor because I think it means a lot of different things to a lot of different companies. So I, what I would say is I, I had agreements with partners that I had for the workshops that I was creating, and I was a self-proprietor. Self proprietor. So um, a lot of people recommend that you go and have, you know, you, if you're creating a company or entity that you typically have something like an LLC, but for what type of business that I was driving, I that did not make sense for me in terms of the, the types of taxes that I was paying or how I was being paid. Because as an, you know, if you're, if you're making that agreement with a, a company and you don't work directly for them, you know, you take on your own costs, such as your benefits, you know, your health benefits and your dental benefits. And it's a lot of hustle. It's a lot about like, you know, how are you going to make the next agreement so that, you know, you determine how much you are going to be paid and what's attached to that. So there's a lot of paperwork and um, responsibility in that end. And there's a lot of ups and downs. You don't, you know, there's no regularity, you know, whereas when you go work for a company, you know that you're going to get your paycheck, you know, whether it's, you know, biweekly or weekly or whatever that is. Versus like you're on your own. And so earlier you talked about how where you were, when you were at NYU, a lot of social media was developing. And how does social media play a role in, in your current job today? Well, I mean, social media is um, is a marketing channel, you know, and it's, it's uh, you know, even I think 10 years ago, it, people were still pretty skeptical about it. And then you had the emergence of, of influencers. So, um, you know, right now for like at least what my job is right now, my, my, the platform that I work for has sort of a social aspect as well as social integrations. And it is a known resource for people to be able to distribute their content. And so the, the obstacle, however, has been that the people who develop their audiences for years organically, who work so hard to create that community, are now sort of at odds with the algorithms that are being built by platforms like, you know, Facebook. And, and, and they're not able to control, like, if their content is being seen without buying ads. And even with buying ads, you know, there's a strategy that has to happen there with your spend and to the targeting of your audiences versus organic, which is the audience you built, that you no longer get to control or be able to have any visibility to how many people even saw it. 
Um, so that's been affecting a lot of like individual content creators and even, you know, from a strategy perspective um, uh, and building an audience and sort of uh, following engagement with, with likes and whatnot. But, um, you know, it, it's still sort of in the air. I think social media is still an animal that it, it, it's, a, it's a tough nut to crack. You said you mentioned something that's super important right now, and it's influencer marketing. And personally, I'm working on my capstone right now, and I decided to do it on influencer marketing and um, the FTC regulations. A lot of F, um, influencers have to incorporate hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored on their marketing materials on social media. And that takes away from the authenticity of what influencer marketing is. What do you think about that? You know, there's nothing wrong with transparency. You know, I get it because, um, you know, at the event that, you know, for my job that that, that we had a, a discussion about something like product placement. You know, um, I, I knew I know an influencer, Patrick Dunnell. I invited him because we used to do theater together. Um, and now that's how he makes his living, you know. And I noticed in his, his, his postings, he does call out whether it's paid sponsorship or not and who the partner actually is. So I don't think there's anything wrong with transparency. Um, it just depends on, you know, how how it's formatted because I get that we're all telling a story and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you can still tell a story and be really transparent like, hey, how's compensated for this story? Because I think that's also a big conversation is a lot of artists and creators and, and you know, influencers in, in even now, um, they might be doing all this creative work um, but they may not be necessarily being compensated. And you know what I mean? And that's actually a really important aspect. Uh, I think it's really important to know, you know, that like, hey, I'm actually being compensated for this. This is actually a job. We're providing value for what we're doing here as opposed to like, um, no, this is just a story and we're not calling out that we were paid for it or we were not paid. You know, I mean, like there's a distinction there. Vanessa, what should students today read or pay attention to if they wanted to go in the journey that you're currently doing? You know, I think you, you've, you've got to keep your eyes open on everybody that you respect. You know, I, I would, you know, I would read any of the business trades to kind of see like what deals are happening and when. I will say that don't believe, I mean, don't, don't put so much credence on everything you read. You've got to read everything with a grain of salt, you know, and I think, I think NYU does a very good job of when you're doing any type of sources to sort of counterbalance opinions and sort of weigh facts. Um, but a, a lot of times, you know, what you might want to do is, is look at like case studies. Um, those are available online um, in specific channels or business, businesses because um, a lot of B2B or um, B2C businesses will publish their own case studies. Or another really good resource um, that I used to use while I was at Google is called Think with Google. They have a bunch of case studies there. Um, and in terms of like um, anybody that you respect, if they've got a book, whether it's like Tony Robbins or like uh, a Sheryl Sandberg, I mean, it doesn't hurt you to to go and pick that up and read it. Um, I would say is that the, the biggest lesson you'll ever get is actually just doing it. After leaving school, I think I felt a lot of pressure to succeed right away and feeling like I wasn't cutting it. And the truth was, is I wish in that stage I had just let it go. Because at that point there, that is your opportunity to live your life and fail. And if you want to go into business, that's the time to do it. If you want to um, explore a career option, 
that's the time to do it. Um, there's a lot of opportunity to change things around and open another door because I, I think you're going to find that in five to 10 years, the jobs that existed even five to 10 years ago or even now are going to begin to shift, begin to shift dramatically. The way that we think about jobs and, and, and how they're sort of bucketed or what they're titled to be or what they're responsible for are going to continue to change as technology changes. Um, and I think that um, you just have to have that ability to be flexible and to learn as much as you can and, and to really bring uh, ideas and a point of view to the table. Vanessa, I'm so happy that you're, you're talking about this because a lot of students do put a lot of pressure on pressure on themselves, including myself, and I really needed to hear that. And so I just wanted to yeah. say thank you. Um, Follow-up oh, yeah. question. <laughs> what are you most proud of in your career up to date? So I think what I'm most proud of is the work that I actually did on Express because nobody knew what they were doing. I, I mean, I'm just going to be really frank about that. People had e-commerce backgrounds. They had MBAs. They had masters. These were some of the smartest of the smart. You know, and we're in the same day delivery project trying to figure it all out and trying to do good stuff. And I think what what I was able to contribute was, you know, sort of the, the this collaboration of ideas and, and and like really making it possible. Like, look, we have limited resources and limited ability. And like, like, let's just, you know, really think about like what we can do here and then take a step back and actually begin to edit what we're going to do because we have to really think about scope. Um, so, you know, during that time I saw rapid increase in revenue. That's not all me, but like, I know that I was a part of that contribution because I was there for two years and I really was a part of aiding like what the product was going, should be, or, you know, like what these partners should be like. And I was very vocal about it. And I was in an environment at the time that you could contribute and, and that would be heard and implemented. Speed round, favorite tradition at NYU. Chelsea Pierce? Did you go abroad? Oh, I, I went to Puerto Rico. It was a non-NYU study abroad. Best dining hall? Hayden's. Don't remember what it's called. <laughs> Favorite NYU teacher? Oh, uh, Pat Lennox. Any celebrity sightings while you were an NYU student? Janine Garofalo. Best NYU place to hang? Washington Square. A Broadway show you went to see as a student? The Producers. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for spending time with Tom and I to discuss your journey and where your life after NYU has taken you. As always, thank you to our listeners who can stay connected with RA alums who are living in the dream school alumni version life. Vanessa, thank you so much. We know how busy you are. It sounds like you're living a really great life. You know, it's a great life. It always is going to come with challenges, but I'm really excited, you know, about about future opportunities and, and what's next. So thanks so much for having me. And always come back to your alma mater. We'd like to have you for sure. Special thanks to my engineer, Rashid Aziz, and to the current professional staff and alums of NYU like John Kozlowski and Michael Kirk, who assisted these great RAs and skill acquisition along the way. If you like the show, look for more content on the website. And if you want to know RA's favorite books, go to whattheyreading.blogspot.com. Until next time, think about how you can contribute to making a better community wherever you are around the world.